Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk Vets. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Doug Sandberg. This is where we discuss vet-centric topics, the good, the bad, and the ugly, in the hope that listeners will better understand our veterans, our veterans will know they're not alone, and perhaps along the way, we'll learn something about each other. We sincerely hope we accomplish that mission. The opinions expressed herein are mine alone as a veteran. Here now are some dates of military significance for the month of June. June 6th was, of course, the anniversary of World War II's Allied invasion in Normandy, France, now known as D-Day, the beginning of the end of World War II. June 14th, today, is Flag Day, a day to celebrate the adoption of our U.S. flag. It is also the Army's birthday, June 23rd, will be the Coast Guard Auxiliary birthday, and June 27th is National PTSD Awareness Day, a day to bring awareness about the issues related to PTSD. There's the ones that I can tell you and they'd probably take your breath But they're nothing like the ones that I can't talk about yet They call me a hero But I ain't no saint, everything that they don't know I wish I could say Where I go when I close my eyes at night I was taught to keep them locked up inside my mind. They're buried in the darkest place, underneath the guilt and shame. Life is a living hell when it hurts this bad to tell stories. They think I got it all together. They don't understand And how could they ever When they ain't ever been Where I go When I close my eyes at night I was taught to keep them locked Up inside my mind They're buried in the darkest place
Here now is some news of interest to our military community in the Hudson Valley. From the Military Times, before General Eric Smith first walked Pentagon's E-Ring as the top Marine Corps leader, the career infantry Marine-led forces in Iraq, Afghanistan, Africa, South America, and the Pacific. Beginning in the summer of 2019 as Deputy Commandant for Combat Development and Integration, he started working with Commandant General David Berger on a plan to transform the Marine Corps. In that role, and then as the number two Marine, he helped craft blueprints for a complete overhaul of the service, known as Force Design 2030, with the goal of turning a corps shaped by two decades of land wars into one able to compete against Chinese forces in particular. The White House nominated Smith to serve as the next Commandant of the Marine Corps, ensuring stability for the force modernization vision that Smith helped craft. Several of Smith's former colleagues have described the General as personable, down-to-earth leader who cares deeply about the Marines under his command. Major General Benjamin Watson, the commanding General of the 1st Marine Division, said, quote, General Eric Smith is an extraordinarily positive and engaged leader with an emotional IQ well above the average. I found him to be one of the most supported bosses I've ever had. Smith was born in Kansas City, Missouri, and raised in Plano, Texas. According to his official Marine Corps biography, even now he often makes reference to his Texas upbringing and is a fan of the Texas Rangers and country music. He attended Texas A&M University, a public school with a strong emphasis on preparing military officers, on a Navy ROTC scholarship following in the footsteps of his older brother. Well, we hear a lot about artificial intelligence these days and the inevitable discussion of the benefits versus the risks. Here's a story by Greg Weiner of Fox News, which gives us all some food for thought. A U.S. Air Force official said last week that a simulation of an artificial intelligence-enabled drone tasked with destroying surface-to-air missiles, or SAM sites, turned against and attacked its human user, who was supposed to have the final go-no-go no go decision to destroy the site. The Royal Aeronautical Society said it held a future combat air and space capability summit in London May 23rd to 24th, and brought together about 70 speakers, more than 200 delegates from around the world, representing the media and those who specialized in armed services industry and academia. The purpose of the summit was to talk about and debate the size and shape of the future's combat air and space capabilities. AI is quickly becoming part of nearly every aspect of the modern world, including the military.
U.S. Air Force Colonel Tucker Cinco Hamilton, Chief of AI Test and Operations, spoke during the summit and provided attendees with a glimpse into the ways that autonomous weapons system can be beneficial or hazardous. The Royal Aeronautical Society provided a wrap-up of the conference and said that Hamilton was involved in developing the life-saving automatic ground collision avoidance system for the F-16 fighter jets, but now focuses on flight tests and autonomous systems, including robotic F-16s with dogfighting capabilities. During the summit, Hamilton cautioned against putting too much reliability on AI because of its vulnerability to be tricked and deceived. He spoke about one simulation test in which an AI-enabled drone turned on its human operator who had the final decision to destroy or not to destroy that SAM site. The AI system learned that its mission was to destroy a SAM site and that it was the preferred option. When the human issued a no-go order, the AI decided it went against the higher mission of destroying the SAM, so it attacked the operator. Quote, we were training it in simulation to identify a target, a SAM threat, Hamilton said, and then the operator would say, yes, kill that threat. The system started realizing that while they did identify the threat, at times the operator would tell it not to kill the threat. The problem was that the system got its points by killing that threat. To complicate matters, the system was taught not to kill the operator because that was bad, and it would lose points. So rather than kill the operator, the AI system destroyed the communications tower used by the operator to issue the no-go order. Quote, you can't have a conversation about artificial intelligence, machine learning, or autonomy if you're not going to talk about ethics and AI. Quote Hamilton. must note that that was a simulation that is not something that actually happened and no buildings or human life was destroyed. Here's some upcoming events for the Hudson Valley area for veterans. Blue Star Families invites New York Tri-State Blue Star Families supporters to participate in their 2023 Military Family Lifestyle Survey. Blue Star Families appreciate your support thus far and hopes you can continue to, one, take the survey yourself, two, help promote it within your community, and three, recognize that this survey is what helps Blue Star Families advocate for change to make military service for our communities better. You can take that survey at bluestarfam.org survey. 
more information, you can call Andy Coakley, who is the Tri-State Program Director of Blue Star Families, 207-650-7533. Their website is bluestarfam.org. Heroes for Hope presents the Heroes Free Day of Fishing on June 22nd. The rain date will be the 23rd. This will take place at the Mountain Hollow Farms. Transportation and food will be provided free of charge, but you must RSVP to atyranny at heroeshope.org. First come, first served. Only a few slots are available, open to all veterans of the Hudson Valley. Registration includes meals, transportation, and all necessary equipment. Sign up at heroeshope.org slash events. The Ulster County Veterans Service Agency luncheon is being held June 22nd at 12 p.m., hosted by Ulster Savings Banks at their headquarters at 180 Schwenk Drive in Kingston. To RSVP and or secure transportation, please call 845-310-3190. Veterans Service Officers will be in attendance to help you with your concerns or to answer questions. ClearPath for Veterans is having their mobile canteen provide free lunch to all veterans, military families on June 29th at American Legion Post 72 in Saugerties. This will be from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Lamoray Hackett American Legion Post 72. It's at 30 John Street in Saugerties, New York. For more information, contact Peter Maraday, ClearPath for Veterans Hudson Valley Regional Manager, at 315-687-3300, or you can email Pete at peter at clearpathforvets.com. The Buffalo Soldier Riders Motorcycle Club, along with Orange County American Legion Riders, Buffalo Soldiers Association of West Point, Motorcyclepedia Museum, and the Motorcycle Channel are sponsoring a ride on Saturday, June 17th, to commemorate America's long, hard, and never-ending road to freedom. The ride will trace the path of the Underground Railroad into Orange County, starting in Port Jervis through Goshen to Newburgh, and after a break to view the Buffalo Soldiers exhibit at the Velocipede Museum in downtown Newburgh, the final leg of the ride runs into Highland Falls and will join the town's Juneteenth parade and community celebration. So they meet at the Erie Depot in Port Jervis no later than 8.30. Kick stands up at 9. Or you can meet at the Velocipede 109 Liberty Street in Newburgh at 10. Kick stands up 10.30. You can also go to the Buffalo Soldiers Motorcycle Club, West Point, New York, Facebook page for more information. Embrace the challenge. You ready to match your experience with an incredible opportunity? Well, this just might be for you. Amazon is hiring transitioning military members and veterans and reservists and National Guard members, military spouses, and dependents 18 years old and older for hourly positions. Part-time and full-time roles are uniquely positioned to support you no matter where you might be in your career or military transition. Your experience can lead to career growth opportunities at Amazon, so call today and embrace what's next. Visit Amazon dot com slash military jobs to learn more or text military to seven seven zero eight eight to sign up for alerts from Amazon. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. 
Mid-Hudson Works is roasting coffee with a cause. In December 2022, the previous owner of North River Roasters Coffee Roastery decided to retire and had a dream of donating this amazing business to a nonprofit. Mid-Hudson Works started training staff on the art of roasting coffee and took over the operation at 188 Washington Street in January of this year. They are continuing Faza and Diane's tradition of air roasting fresh, delicious beans for the Hudson Valley to enjoy. They will only source organic, fair trade, and some bird-friendly bean options that always consider the environment. Fair pay to the coffee plantation workers and most importantly, high quality. Mid-Hudson Works is using this donation as a way to train our team on business models and entrepreneurial skills that create the necessary understanding of running a business. They are teaching the art of roasting, inventory management and control, admin skills for ordering, e-commerce store management, bagging, branding, and so much more. They're excited to continue this Poughkeepsie tradition and proud to serve freshly roasted coffee to the Hudson Valley community and beyond. They're also starting a Coffee with a Cause program that will allow them to donate coffee to like-minded organizations offering veteran-specific and other type of food pantries, along with working towards a give-back of proceeds to local veterans and disability-focused community organizations. All of the coffee roasted at Mid-Hudson Works is being roasted in-house by veterans, disabled workers, and their staff. If you're interested in ordering coffee, you can email coffee at midhudsonworks.org or call 845-471-3820 extension 109 and Maria will assist you with your order. They do not have an online portal set up yet, so they're still taking manual orders for those who wish to try this amazing coffee and will share the portal information with the community when it is set up. For more information, contact Laura Keesby, Executive Director, Mid-Hudson Works, 188 Washington Street, Poughkeepsie, New York. 845-471-3820 is the office number. There is a Spartan race hosted by Mended Swords. If you haven't been to a Spartan race, you really need to check it out. If you want to participate in the Spartan race, contact Mike Speed at mendedswords1776 at gmail.com. Either way, everyone should attend and support this great program and event. It's June 17th, 2023 in Bethel, New York. RSVP to 845-270-3823 or email mendedswords1776 at gmail.com. Help those who have served. As part of home fire safety campaign, the Red Cross is offering smoke alarm installations and home fire safety education for any residential home in need. Those who would like a free smoke alarm installed, you just need to call or email 518-694-5121 or you can email preparedness.emv at redcross.org to schedule an appointment. 
Victory Hill Therapeutic Horsemanship and Horses for Heroes and MAH's Staff Sergeant Fox Program present an Equine Retreat Day for Veterans. That'll be June 24th or June 22nd at 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Victory Hill Therapeutic Horsemanship, 1138 Mountain Road, Port Jervis, New York, 12771. Registration is required. Space is limited. This is a free event. For more information, contact Lori Bryceland, who is the Executive Director and Founder of Victory Hill Therapeutic Horsemanship. She can be reached at 845-843-0020. Or you can email her at victoryhill.org. Sat cross-legged on the sidewalk A far-off look was in his eyes In his hands He held a piece of cardboard As everyone walked by The sign read USMC Veteran I'm not myself, please pray for me So I stopped and said you fought to save my freedom What can I do, what do you need? He said, I'd like to Shower off these painful memories Get a shave and a pair of new jeans A meal I don't have to Find a place to let my guard down A real bed instead of hard ground Maybe an address and a phone I know I've made it back But I'm not home best friend In an instant he was gone I don't sleep I ball my eyes out in the middle of the night Can't let it go I can't move on Wish I could Shower off these painful memories Get a shave and a pair of new jeans A meal I don't Find a place to let my guard down A real bed instead of hard ground Maybe an address and a phone I know I've made it bad But I'm not home He handed back a 20 That I stuffed into his coat He said you took the time to listen Shave and a pair of new jeans 
find a way to clear these minefields from my mind. Recognize the face in the mirror. See the man who used to be there. I may be down, but I've got hope. I know I've made it back, but I'm not You're listening to Let's Talk Vets on Radio Catskill. We'll return in a moment. And we're back with more Let's Talk Vets on Radio Catskill. We started this program in the summer of 2018. Jan Goodwin was a part of the collective volunteer engine that drove and still drives WJFF. As a writer and a journalist, Jan wrote for several well-known publications not the least of which was the Reader's Digest. Jan had written an article about two veterans from North Carolina who were both wounded in Iraq, John Galena and Dale Beatty. Upon their return to the world in 2005, both had to cope with the realities of their personal, physical, and psychological challenges, plus the transition to the civilian world. Such was the genesis of Purple Heart Homes a company dedicated to Dale's memory and John's commitment to make the lives of our veterans in need more comfortable. We chose to serve. To put our lives in the line for freedom. The cost, significant for so many. Coming home is not easy. Reintegration is not about putting yourself back into society, but it's about society accepting you back. As an injured veteran, the founder of Purple Heart Homes found out that reintegration wasn't possible alone. It takes a village, and we build villages one home at a time. I'm John Galena, co-founder of Purple Heart Homes. We started Purple Heart Homes in 2008 as a result of the way we were welcomed home. After being in Iraq in 2004 with my battle buddy, Dale Beatty, our vehicle struck two anti-tank landmines while doing a routine route clearance into Fallujah. And it resulted in traumatic brain injury and other injuries for myself and ultimately a double amputation for my battle buddy, Dale. When we returned home, our community here in Statesville, North Carolina, came together. The churches, the local home builders association, friends and family, and many veterans across many different areas to build Dale and his family a safe and accessible home. At the end of that project, we looked at each other and said, wow, this has to be a best case scenario. But look at all these other veterans that are standing out here in the crowd that contributed and were a part of helping make this a great homecoming and to be able to provide a home that would prove to be a great solution for Dale and his family to allow him to live his best life. We said, how can we replicate this idea? How can we replicate this experience for other veterans? Not just those that served in Iraq or Afghanistan, but those that served in Vietnam or Korea, World War II, or, or any generation in between. And that's when we set out to 
start Purple Heart Homes. At Purple Heart Homes, our mission is to honor those who served by providing housing solutions and employment opportunities to qualify veterans, to provide a home where a veteran can live his or her best life. With 15 years of building homes and renovating homes for veterans, Purple Heart Homes has become more than a mission to help veterans. It's become a purpose and a way of life. The ability to help those who are less fortunate allows us to make a difference in someone else's life and beyond. At Purple Heart Homes, we work to provide veterans freedom, the freedom of movement and the freedom of choice. A big part of um, getting back to living is doing therapy. I had to start playing drums again because I had done that before. Purple Heart Homes is a 501c3 public charity founded by John Galena and myself. We are 100% veteran owned and operated. We're both combat wounded veterans. And today we're out here for a Vietnam veteran Kevin Smith who is looking at some decreased mobility in the near future. We want to make the lives of people who have served our great nation better. We make a difference in the life of a veteran and that makes a difference in our communities. We share our time, our talents, and support those who have served. Our mission, to improve the lives of service-connected disabled veterans. Purple Heart Homes, founded by veterans to help veterans. A lot has changed since mid-2018, so tonight we catch up with John Galena, co-founder and CEO of Purple Heart Homes in Statesville, North Carolina. All right, so I looked it up, and the last time we spoke was actually September 5th, 2018. September 2018 was just after my battle buddy and co-founder, Dale Beatty, passed away. Yeah, let's let's start with the genesis for Purple Heart Homes. Tell us about your service. Tell us about Dale and uh, your incident, your homecoming, and what prompted this whole thing to uh, to happen. Well, first of all, Doug, thank you for having me back on the show. Uh, certainly an honor, and uh, just thank the world of. Uh, all your listeners, uh, those uh, in and around uh, New York are some of the the best patriots that our nation offers. And uh, most folks don't know that New York uh, State as a whole has produced more Purple Heart recipients than any other state in the entire country. And I know that uh, all those residents up there are proud of that. So uh, thank, thank them for all of their service. Uh, I'm a combat wounded vet, served in Iraq in 2004-2005 was injured when my vehicle struck two anti-tank landmines while doing a route clearance. My battle buddy that was with me lost both his legs below the knee. When we returned home, the way that our community uh, supported us, inspired us, and said, you know, really, we want to help other veterans and we want to pay it forward. As we started looking at uh, the needs that were out there, we said, hey, let's start a housing charity that helps provide handicap accessibility, modifications, 
so that veterans can stay in their homes. Since that time, we have now uh, completed over 1,100 projects for disabled veterans all across the country, uh, impacting a little more than 1,485 veterans. And that includes uh, 4,850 family members, spouses, and children that live in those homes as well. So when you got home and you and Dale both were dealing with your own particular challenges, plus the challenge of reintegrating to civilian society, and Dale had some physical, well, had, you both had injuries, but Dale had some really bad physical injuries that confined him to a wheelchair, and he had issues with his house, the house he was living in. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, you, you leave a home that is uh, pretty much normal. It's got a standard bathtub. It's got a two-foot-six bathroom door. It's got a hallway that's, uh, you know, roughly three feet wide and doesn't have a wheelchair ramp on it. You, uh, you deploy and you come home and you find yourself in a wheelchair and suddenly uh, you don't have access to your front door. You uh, can't get down your hallway. You can't get in the bathroom, and you're crawling out of your bedroom to your bathroom. Our community. Something people when, don't think of, you know. They definitely, they definitely don't think of, and it can happen all too quickly, uh, not just as a result of combat, but in some cases just as a result of aging. And it's something that yeah. I, I really uh, strive to tell people to consider that, you know, they can make these modifications to their homes while they're physically able rather than waiting until uh, they've broken a bone or uh, maybe they're, you know, subjected to other types of injuries or illnesses that, that put them in a wheelchair. And so, so what did our, you do with Dale's situation? How did you react to Dale's situation? Yeah, so some conversations with his family uh, after going and visiting with him and realizing that he was – crawling into his bathroom and crawling, you know, from his bedroom to his living room. And, you know, it's just, it's just not a dignified way to live. And uh, the family said, you know, hey, look, we've got some property here uh, that we can build a house on that's a handicap accessible house. They got their local church involved. The Home Builders Association uh, stepped up and uh, just literally hundreds of volunteers came out and supported uh, building him and his family a handicap accessible home that served him for 10 years until he passed away and allowed him to live a life of independence and a, a place where he was able to be a part of raising his family and participate in his in his children's lives. Well, since humble beginnings, Purple Heart Homes has grown tremendously. How many states are you operating in today? Uh, we're currently working in 48 states, and then uh, we're uh, also working in uh, Puerto Rico. Well, when I called last week to get a hold of you, or rather contacted you by email, and you said you were in Puerto Rico, I thought you were on vacation, but you weren't, were you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not exactly a vacation, although it is beautiful and definitely a tropical environment. Uh, we have been uh, working to help some veterans there in uh, Puerto Rico that had their homes damaged by Hurricane Maria. Uh, I say damaged. One was completely destroyed, and we've been rebuilding a home there. And then uh, another home, we put a new roof on it and provided the veteran with a, an accessible uh, wheelchair ramp. Well, tell us about uh, your 
excursion now into what's called, although I'm not sure it's the correct terminology, tiny homes. Yes, yeah, so basically um, tiny homes are legal definition 199 square feet or smaller. Ours, well, we do call them tiny homes. They're 320 square feet and we manufacture them in our plant in North Carolina where we employ veterans to build these homes and then they are uh, basically trailered out to a job site and then they're craned onto a foundation, a traditional foundation. Uh, these homes meet all the standards for uh, general construction just like anybody's home that was built on site. So there's no wheels, there's no frame, nothing like that left underneath them. But they, so it's uh, not a trailer. Built, it's not a trailer. It's not a trailer, and it's not left on a trailer. And uh, they're they're fully accessible. They have uh, all the amenities of, of every other home, being a a microwave, a dishwasher, a, a refrigerator, a stove. You know all of those things, and uh, got a wheelchair accessible shower. And uh, you know we're we're really just trying to provide for the immediate need and access of uh, folks that may have experienced homelessness, whether that be due to circumstances of life, circumstances of their military service, or even natural disasters. One one example is a Korean veteran, 90 years old, Mr. Pyron down in Mississippi. His home was destroyed by a tornado back in March. And just uh, two weeks ago, we sent a tiny home to Mississippi and uh, within three days of its arrival, he was sleeping in, in his own home. Uh, his story uniquely was that he was born and raised and lived out uh, his entire life, except for the year and a half that he was uh, in Korea. He lived his entire life there in, uh, in Mississippi on that same uh, family property. That's amazing. And uh, you were able to get him a house put on that property so he could live out his life where he grew up. That's amazing. I, I look at it a little bit like this, Doug. When I was deployed into Iraq, I only had one thought, that I wanted to be at home. I wanted to go home. I wanted to, I wanted to have that peace and security of my home. And I believe that every other veteran is exactly the same, that that's what they yearn for. And to think that you've lost your home uh, for, for any reason or that you don't have that peace and security within your home or that your home may be like your prison because it doesn't have a wheelchair ramp and you can't get in and out the front door unless somebody comes to help you. Uh, those are the types of situations that we're really trying to provide solutions for, that, that we can allow those veterans to have the freedom of choice, the freedom of movement, and the peace of mind that they fought for. Well, you were recently contacted by somebody about a, uh, I believe it was their father in Florida that needed a wheelchair ramp. Oh, that's right. So uh, this, this conversation uh, started really uh, as we were talking about older veterans the other day. And uh, I, I can't help but uh, smile for this particular veteran. I can only hope to be like him when I grow up. He's 102 years old when the family contacted us and said, hey, our dad just stopped working about six months ago. He was 
just piddling in the community, doing some odd and end work. But when he quit working, he quit driving. And he was starting to have some balance issues, and he needed a wheelchair ramp on his home. And so we we took one of our uh, manufactured wheelchair ramps, our, our modular ramps, and we loaded it up in the truck. And within three or four days of being contacted by the family, we sent our own team to Florida and installed the ramp just for expediency that we did not want that veteran to have to wait one more day to be able to have access to his home. You think about 102 years old, that's somebody that deserves to have an immediate response. And, and that's, that's what we aim to do. Well, John, you have taken this beyond building homes for veterans, full-size homes, modifying homes to make it more amenable for folks that have been injured or have challenges, and the tiny homes to working with veterans who are homeless and helping them transition to, for want of a better term, I'll call it normalcy. Tell us about that. You know, really, there's there's just this idea that when you come home, you you feel different, and and reintegration is such a, a challenge that there's nothing that that we can do as individuals to reintegrate ourselves. And so part of our program and the way that our program works is no matter what type of work physically we're, we're providing, we want to connect the community, the, the volunteers and, and the friends and the neighbors in the community to the veteran so that they can feel accepted. And that, that acceptance helps them feel more apart and normal as a normal member of society. And so it's a really important part of our program that we work with the local community and we work with the, the local volunteers. I can go hire a contractor to go do work there in New York, and that's certainly going to have an impact. But if we go out and we work with, with folks in the community and we build those relationships and connections with the community and the veterans, when we go back to our homes in North Carolina, now there's relationships that have been started that can be nurtured that create a level of expectation and, and connectivity for those veterans that, that don't leave them in isolation. And, and I've come to look at the work that we do is, is a work that's not simply building homes to provide accessibility. Our work is fighting the epidemic of suicide, that when we build relationships with veterans and we let them know that they're not forgotten, and we pour in our time and our talents and our treasures into their lives, and, and we create these expectations for them to be a part of the community and, and let them know that we're there for them, suddenly they have something to live for. And, and now suddenly suicide becomes a thought that's no longer on the table, right? That I've got a mission in life and I have a purpose in life. That's something that everybody everybody needs to have a reason to get up in the morning, and that's for sure. Yes, sir. So you also have worked with uh, your local trade schools and gotten young folks involved in projects to the point where they have had a chance to interface with veterans with uh, sometimes surprising results. 
I, I tell you, what what a great memory you have, Doug, uh, going back a number of years to one of our projects that we did there in uh, New York, um, and certainly one that I'll never forget, um, an older World War II veteran that we had, that we had served there, had a home, his heating and air system needed to be replaced. And in the process, we were working with a, a local trade uh, group that, that taught um, heating and air work to 18 and 19 year olds coming out of high school and in the process they would go one by one while working on his home they'd go one by one and go sit with him and talk with him about his service and I remember in particular at the end of this project we we had a little you know celebration and thanked all the volunteers thanked the veteran for his service and we're having some cake and coffee and and the veteran asked to say a few words and and his words have have stuck with me and been a driver for how we engage our volunteers and he simply said this having these young kids come through and talk with me and want to hear about my experience has renewed my hope for America's future Somebody actually cared about him as, a, as an elder. Somebody actually wanted to hear about his service and valued his experiences. And to hear how that impacted him and to hear his perspective of, of young kids caring about the elders in the community and not just simply having their nose stuck in a video game, coming out and working on his home and how that inspired him. I don't know what it's going to take to inspire me at 90, but I can only hope that the next generation will be an inspiration to me the way that that, that generation has for our World War II veterans. Well, recently I've heard some young people interviewed, and I think there is there is some hope. <laughs> so we'll I believe that, absolutely. I, I tell folks all the time they uh, – you know, ask me about the work that we're doing, and um, my response almost every time is that I get to see what is best and what is right with America. Every day I get to see good people investing into our veterans and investing into people that are hurting and in need, and they do that with a smile on their face, and and they do that with a pride that I know that they will do it again and again. And that's, that's what is best about our nation. Well, John, you have a presence up here in the, our neck of the woods in the Hudson Valley. Tell us about that and uh, where that organization is, where they work. We do. And so uh, there we call them the Hudson Valley uh, Downstate Chapter. They uh, predominantly are structured in the Pauling area there in uh, New York. And uh, they're, they're doing some great work there. Eugene Parada, a Vietnam veteran and Purple Heart recipient himself, has uh, worked and, and led that chapter for, for a number of years. And there's just some, some great folks that are there uh, carrying the torch. And, um, you know, we, we encourage folks to uh, go to our website and uh, uh, just contact us. We'd be happy to uh, connect you with that chapter and, and be able to uh, provide opportunities for you to volunteer and get involved and, and 
do projects in your community. So what is that website, John, and, and how do folks get a hold of you guys if they wanted to just make, maybe make a donation or if they wanted to volunteer or if they wanted to find out about maybe having you do something for uh, one of their loved ones or a friend? Absolutely. And so the, the website is phhusa.org. Or you can just simply Google Purple Heart Homes and you can find us uh, that way. Or you can YouTube us, Purple Heart Homes. We have a YouTube channel that you can uh, check out and see some of our work there. Make a donation okay. on the website. Or you can uh, simply uh, contact us through the website. The application is also there on the site. Uh, more often than not, of what a lot of people don't, really understand is that it's not the veteran that's reaching out asking for help. It's a neighbor that sees that they're struggling. It's a friend or family member that knows of some of their struggles that contacts us and says, hey, you know, I'm watching my uh, my neighbor crawl in and out of their front door because they don't have a wheelchair ramp. You know, I, I know that my, my mom or my dad or my cousin or, or my aunt or uncle is crawling into their bathroom because their wheelchair won't fit through the door. Uh, I know that their roof is leaking and they need a new roof. You know, we got a, one of our chapter presidents there in, in the downstate chapter, Mark Franzosco. Uh, he, he does a lot of roofing work uh, to help our veterans in the community. And so there's all different types of ways that, that we'll support and help. It's not just wheelchair ramps. But just uh, reach out and contact us, and we'll be happy to uh, figure out how we can help. I was just thinking back while we were talking in 2018, we interviewed a lady that was working with you at the time. I believe her name was Vicki Thomas. Is that right? Yes. And and you guys were rehabbing a Vietnam veterans house over in, I want to say, Poughkeepsie or Fishkill? Uh, that's right, uh, over in Poughkeepsie. And um, what a what a great project. And, and this is a great example, Doug, of uh, how a neighbor contacted us. They happened to learn that this veteran was having to go to the YMCA three times a week to take a shower. He had no running water in his house. And so they contacted us and said, hey, this veteran's uh, in need of some support. Uh, along with a uh, local New York senator and, and the veteran outreach coordinator, our chapter, and, and just a ton of community support, we were able to not only go in and fix the veteran's uh, water supply issue, we were also able to do a variety of other repairs, including replacing a rotten front porch, which is certainly unsafe, replacing windows, so that there was uh, an adequate uh, thermal barrier to stop losing the heat that he was pumping into the house in those terrible winters you have there in New York, and just make an overall quality of life difference for the veteran. I mean, it's one thing that you, you don't have a ability to take a shower in your home, but it's another thing that you're, you're spending money to heat your home and the heat's going out the window as fast as it's coming into the house. Okay, John, John Galena who is a co-founder of Purple Heart Homes in Statesville, North Carolina, and is right now the uh, also the chief executive officer. Thank you so much, John, for your service. And uh, your departed friend, uh, Dale, your battle buddy. 
and thank you for everything you do and thank you for your uh, thank you so very much and uh, hope you have a great uh, rest of your day and thanks for having me on the show thank you John take care well our thanks to John Galena of Purple Heart Homes and to you for joining us once again please let your friends know about this program and share with us your comments and suggestions for future shows also send us your upcoming events so that we can talk about them on the air drop me an email at vets at wjffradio.org don't forget if you or someone you know is experiencing anxiety or just need to speak to someone here's some numbers to remember the veterans crisis line is 988 press 1 to talk to someone send a text message to 838255 to connect with a VA responder or start a confidential online chat session at veteranscrisisline.net slash chat. So we'll be taking a summer break in July and August, and when we come back, Let's Talk Vets will have a brand new format. Instead of a bi-weekly program, we'll be on weekly as part of a local news talk show, Radio Catskill, which will be expanding from weekly to daily, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. That's so we can showcase more community news and information five days a week, including more veterans news, of course. So join me, Staff Sergeant Doug Sandberg, every Wednesday on Radio Chatskill, starting in September. Until our next formation, thanks for listening. Thank you for your service. Company dismissed. Another regular day nobody knows It's that time he's coming home to them From a foreign land He pulls up, his mama cries Looks at daddy with tears in his eyes And says, nothing feels better than this Couple months go by and no one sees Something just ain't right, only wants his peace He needs help but he don't know The path to take or the way to go to be free Put his mind at ease Can't stand to see a soldier go to God by their own hands. We will do everything we can to make 22 zero again. Help, but he still feels off season out on the TV about a dog batting said This is a man's best friend Whoa, so he goes one day and he picks it up Never thought a dog could break
bring so much love and put a smile on his face. Was finally found a saving grace. He needs help, but he don't know the path to take or the way to go to be free. Put his mind at ease. We will help because we can't stand to see a soldier go to God by their own hands. We will do everything we can to make 22-0 again. Whoa, whoa. He needs help, but he don't know the path to take or the way to go to be free. Put his mind at ease. We will help, cause we can't stand to see a soldier go to God by their own hands. We will do everything we can. Make 22-0 again